0: Information presented on for the people is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers, is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on for the people as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the Compassionate Lawyer, or the Law Office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.
1: We the People says the Constitution Created for creating solutions. However we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted often sign it away our chances cause we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding quick to throw up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech when the situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquer basic knowledge of the law so this is for the people law in plain language breaking it down for us in layman terms Deb expressing her compassion and will for us to learn not for a check but to address how to win in these streets this show is for you this show is for me it's for the people
2: What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode of For the People Law in Plain Language. It must be Tuesday night, 8 p.m., because you're hearing my voice. Ye- Deb Rainey, the Compassionate Lawyer. I'm your host. Joining me in the studio is my For the People fam, as usual. Ye- black, aka the Broke Poet. What's up, fam? What's going on? What's up, everybody? Simply, the PhD
3: producer. Hey, producer. And Miss Rainey has and all kinds I of jokes tonight.
4: To
2: <laughs> I and we also have in the studio a special guest, Vince. Vince is going to be joining in with our show tonight, and throughout the um, show, I'll be throwing some scenarios his way. And um, Vince is also going to be offering some assistance and some information to you as it relates to the various Megan's Law statutes, the changes to the registration requirements, and the like. We're going to get into we're going to get into all of that um, later on in the show. If you didn't know, you're listening to www.gtownradio.com. G-Town, the what? The
1: sound from Germantown.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a really quick break, but we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere. right, name that tune. (laughs) Name that tune, Vince. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're having a little bit of difficulties with the mic. Having said all that, um, it's an interesting show we have planned for you tonight. The title of the show is Living with Megan's Law, Branded for Life. What our idea around this show is that we want to provide some information to you folks about the various... um, sex offender statutes, laws, and registration requirements out there. And also, I know some of you, I've gotten emails and questions, and I have some of my clients, in fact, who have been directly impacted by this so-called SORNA. What is SORNA? The Sex Offender Registration Notification Act. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail about the Megan's Law itself, but I intend to give you a little brief history, and I'm sure my special guest here, sitting next to me, Vince, can offer some um, brief, sort of a historical trip, if you will, of Megan's Law, where it came from, and essentially what it does. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about what its intent, what was it, what was it intended to do, and is it doing what it was um, designed for, or what these uh, legislators who introduced the bills that amounted to these Megan's laws, is it, is it satisfying what they thought the requirements were. For those of you that don't know in a nutshell, Megan's Law is a law that was named after a young lady who was killed in New Jersey um, by a sex offender. And the Megan's Laws, as you hear them collectively, are the states and the federal government's attempt at regulating the registration of folks who were convicted of sex offenses. Megan's Laws also, though, um, sort of describe the types of crimes that are going to be considered sex offenses. There are certain requirements under the age of 18, um, sexual intercourse without um, consent, for example. There were some sex offenses in in a lot of states that normally did not qualify as Megan's Law offenses, but with this new SORNA, um, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. With this new SORNA, a lot of offenses that normally did not qualify are also... Megan's Law Offenses and this SORNA changes the amount of time that you have to register. If you want to join in tonight's conversation, give us your comments, tell us your horror stories, ask questions that relate to Megan's Law and the sexual offenses, you can reach out to us. How black?
1: You can reach out to us at 215 609 4301. That's live in the studio. Or you can hit up the text line at 215 435 4099
2: and also hit us up email for the people at com, facebook for the people law and plain language send us a tweet at ftp law so Vince really really quickly and give the listeners a quick Vince definition of what are Megan's laws what are they
5: well Megan's law was the second round of federal legislation the first red uh, The first law was the Jacob Wetterling Act in 1994. Okay,
2: hold on. We don't want no history lesson. I want your, Vince, personal, to the people, simple definition. Tell them what it is.
5: Megan's law, very simply, is the law that requires anyone convicted of a sex offense in the state of Pennsylvania to register with this Pennsylvania State Police and, for the most part, find yourself on a publicly accessible website.
2: And, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard Vince speaking, you can tell he's knowledgeable and he knows what he's talking about. You said something about... um, Megan's Law was the second round of laws. What were you saying about was Jacob, Was it what was his last name? The Jacob Wetterling There law. you go, Wetterling. Tell us a little bit about Jacob Wetterling Law.
5: Well, that was the first one. It began in 1994, and it told law enforcement agencies to collect and house information about sex offenders in their communities. Megan's Law came along about two years later and said, now you have to make all that information available to the public. To the
2: public, okay. And, and in a nutshell, <laughs> Vince, the Megan's Law, Wetterling, and all these subsequent acts in state and federal legislations that exist now is their attempt to put the public on notice who those folks are in their communities that have been convicted of sex offenses, what sort of sex offenses they are, and a, a, a pitiful attempt at keeping track of these folks for certain given prescribed amounts of times. Is that is that a fair, quick, down-and-dirty estimate?
5: That's right, and it's getting worse. It's getting Horrible.
2: So, ladies and gentlemen, before we go too far into tonight's show, what I want to do that I normally do at this time is to go back a little bit and recap last week's show. Last week's show, if you listened, was um, our sort of providing information to you about consumer protection laws. We were trying to concentrate on what some of your rights and responsibilities were as it relates to those really awful Christmas gifts that you got and you want to return. Or if you found yourself in a battle or uh, with a... Business that you bought either online, Walmart, Kmart, somewhere like that. Um, last week's show, we also told you about the 2012 Consumer Action Handbook that you can find at www.usa.gov. Renee and I went in-depth through that handbook to give you some generic ideas about the book. And we also implored you to list to, to read it because it's written in simple English. It's not that wither-hither shit that we're most of us don't have time to read, and it's pretty um, self-explanatory and very, very user-friendly. And we also talked really bad about our um, missing an in action <clears throat> in-house poet who decided that, "Ooh, am I supposed to be somewhere Tuesday night?" My bad. Anyway, Black, I told her we we're going to tease her a little bit because she had a little bit too much um, bubbly Year on New Year's fest- New Year's evening. Got a little. Um,
1: I plead the fifth. Uh
2: huh. I thought so. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight's conversation, tonight's show is a really, really important show. We're gonna remember we told you when we did our first Megan's Law show, which is um episode forty one, we had Carl Baker from the Public Defender's Office. The um Carl was the director of the appellate unit for the public defender's office. And we had chaplain Phyllis Taylor Taylor, thank you, from the Philadelphia Prison System. She chimed in and shared with her some of her experiences both secular and in as a religious um as a strike that a spiritual advisor with the philadelphia prison systems and phyllis shut me up pretty she she got me she She told a story about uh one of her family members who had been a victim of sexual offenses and I made some assumptions that made me look like an ass. But Phyllis was a very good sport, and I really appreciate it. So we're going to give a shout-out to Carl Baker, a shout-out to Phyllis Taylor. If you're listening and you know someone who is either, now, and listen to what I'm saying to you, someone who's either currently fa- uh, um, convicted of a, an offense that may or may not be a sex offense under all these new schemes, or someone who's facing charges now, that relate to sexual offenses Please listen very carefully Reach out to your family member Whoever it is that um, May end up in this situation Call him or her and tell him or her to listen up This is a really important show We're going to keep it going And Renee and I thought this particular show was important Because let's be real People hear about sex offenses They crinkle up their face They crinkle up their nose Oh, yeah, gross All the name-calling Chester molester, pedophile All those things come out. But you guys will be surprised to know with all these new schemes of sexual offense registration notifications and all those things, a lot of folks are being swallowed up in this nonsense and are now turning in, in some instances, to lifetime registrants. What does that mean? That they have to register as a sex offender for life. Now, I want to pose this question to you out there in the listening audience, and I'm also going to engage my studio folks and my our guests, our special guest, Vince, and, of course, Black, and our resident district attorney, um, the producer. Here's the scenario. <laughs> 21-year-old young man. Okay, producer, you don't listen. Write this down so you'll know. This man's 21. He is trying to be in with the boys that are down, the folk that hang around the hood or whatever. They send him to a particular address in Chestnut Hill. When you get there, B, hook up with Boo and them, and they're going to tell you what to do. The young man goes to the door, knocks on the door. Boo, Boo opens the door. What's up, B? Come on in. All right, look, we got a job for you. See those two little kids over there? Yeah. Take them in the living room and play with them. He's playing with the kids. All along, what he did not know is the older men in the crew had kidnapped the male of the house, who was a bank president, Taking him to the bank and forcing him to rob the bank. Mm. To make a long story short, B, Boo, and everybody else is arrested, and they're, they're, they're taken to trial. There's a jury trial. Everyone, please, not guilty, and they go to trial. The two kids, when it comes time for them to testify, the boys 10 and the girls 7, they testify about what they saw, but they also add this. That young man sitting over there played with us. He was nice to us. He took care of us. At the end of the jury trial, all six are convicted. All six are given outrageous sentences. The 21-year-old is given a a six-and-a-half to 23 years in prison and a long period of probation. The main charge he was um, convicted of is kidnapping. Back in 1999, this man was guilty of a sex offense because it was kidnapping. The victims he was accused of kidnapping were under the age of 18. So, back in 1999 when he was convicted, Vince, this is a trick question for you, how long was he supposed to register as of the 1999 round of Megan's Law and the registration requirements?
5: I believe the kidnapping of a non, by the non-custodial parent, even in 1999, wasn't registered at all. It was. If it was? Then it Ten would years. have probably been in the 10-year category. It was a
2: 10-year category. Why is that a big deal? Ladies and gentlemen, when you think of sex offenses, what comes to your mind? Rape. Black. You hear the word sex offense. What do you think about?
1: I think rape, molestation, uh, sexual acts without a person's permission.
2: Renee, when you think of sexual acts, um, Ms. Prosecutor, what do you think of? And Vince, just for your when we, we call her a prosecutor because she's tough. You yeah. commit a retail theft. She wants you to go jail for ten years. Under the jail. Under oh yeah, she wants. you there de- seem she wants to be a lot of people the, like that. She <laughs> wants you, She wants them to <laughs> dig a hole and put you under the jail. So Renee, when you hear the terminology or the word "sex offense," what comes to mind? What springs to your mind?
3: Unauthorized sexual act. But and 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 Vince, and which, you know I was busy doing other stuff, so I, I, that's I why I threw in.
2: it at you because you weren't listening. And I'm Vince. I know that you have a lot more experience than our um, laypersons here in the, in the studio. Before you became experienced in all this nonsense, when you heard the term sex offense, what did you think of? Same thing or the same something same thing. You
5: more? think of rape, child molestation. Right.
2: The term sex offense triggers in all of our minds, Nespal, some act involving some manner of sex, whether it's oral, verbal, touching that's unwanted, verbal. What's verbal sex? Is that? that didn't I say verbal? Yeah, it's sexual. sexual. Yo, you got to forgive me. I've had a long day. Sat in MC court for four hours. Anyway. <laughs> The idea here, and the reason I'm bringing this up, there was some federal legislation that came down that became effective, and correct me if I'm wrong, Vince, December 20th, 2013, and that was a federal SORNA.
5: 2012.
2: Did I say 13? Because 2013 hadn't happened yet. (laughs) December 20th, 2012. What is SORNA? The sexual offender, S, the O is offender, the R is registration, N, as in Nancy, notification act. It's a federal law. Remember what I told you guys and what I tell you all the time when we have these cases. Every state has the right, has the will, the independent will, to decide to adopt federal law or not. And the way the feds entice states to adopt their laws is they throw money at them. If you accept our money for whatever we're saying we're going to give you the money for, then you're going to agree to to fashion your laws to meet the requirements that we've set up. So what Sorna did, in essence was it took a lot of Pennsylvania sex offenses and other offenses that normally would not have qualified as sex offenses. And by that, I mean sex offenses that would require you to register with the state police on some public website as a sex offender before SORNA took effect and before Pennsylvania adopted it. those There are certain crimes that you did not have to register. For an example, indecent assault. What is indecent assault? The statute essentially says you touch someone in a way that he or she finds uncomfortable, and you're doing it for some sexual um, gratification, your own sexual gratification, and not that of the other person, and it doesn't have any medical reason behind it and the like. There are certain gradations. Misdemeanor first degree was always a sex offense under um, Megan's law. But the misdemeanor of the second degree, it related to pe- two people being, The same age, no underage numbers there, no minors. That was never, ever a registrable offense. Now it's a registrable offense, and not only do you have to register, you have to register as a sex offender for 15 years. I'm going to say that again to you all, listeners. How do you you go from not having to register for an M2, second-degree misdemeanor indecent assault, never being a sex offense insofar as Megan's law goes in registering as a sex offender, to 15 years having to register as a sex offender. Prime example, one of my clients, sleep in his bed, he's 16. <coughs> his 16-year-old buddy and his 16-year-old buddy's girlfriend are in my client's living room having sex, knocking boots. The 16-year-old male friend takes his 16-year-old girlfriend into my client's bedroom and wakes him up and his girlfriend is giving him oral sex. My client's 16. He ain't got no control over nothing. He wakes up getting his knob polished. He's like, oh, shit, okay. So he <laughs> engages in sex with the girl. His boy, his, his boy engages sex with the girl. They're done. They go outside, smoke a cigarette. She's drunk. She stumbles off, goes home and tells her mommy what? That she was raped. She doesn't mention my client's name, but she mentions the boy, her friend, who is supposedly her boyfriend. Hours later, the police come to my client's home with the young lady and her mother. The boys there, my client's friend, and then my client's sitting there. This is what the what the victim says. He did it, pointing to my client's friend, and looks over at my client and said, Oh, yeah, I had sex with him too. As a result, my client's arrested, charged with forcible rape, blah, 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 boo boo, 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 boo. At the end of the day, we end up pleading to a a non what we thought was a non Megan's law indecent assault misdemeanor of the second degree as long, along with a simple assault plea misdemeanor. Both of those are second degree misdemeanors, both of those carry two years probate two years term either in jail or probation. So we settle for a three- year term of probation. Unfortunately, December twentieth, two 2012, my young now eighteen year old client is still on probation. So guess what, ladies and gentlemen? This 16-year-old is now a Megan's Law offender and has to register under Megan's Law for the next 15 years. What the hell is wrong with that picture? If, no, if someone out there thinks that that's okay, please reach out to us in this studio. Give me a call and square it with me because I'm still breathing and I'm writhing and I'm pissed about that. Why, did we take it? Why didn't we take it to trial? In Pennsylvania, when a person is at a certain point of intoxication, that person cannot consent. I had no consent defense, and it was just not worth the risk of my 16-year-old, 17 at the time we went to trial, 18 by the time we pled, getting found guilty of any of the other charges that he was facing. Because you never know, juries are not always predictable. And we thought, my client and I, after talking about everything and talking to his family that this was the best way to go. I'm going to come back to what I was talking about and throw some more scenarios out there. What I want to do right now is I want to ask Black, Renee, and Vince the scenario that I told you guys about with respect to the kidnapping. Tell me what your personal thought is. And if you want to um, chime in, listeners out there, pick up your phone, dial 215 609-4301.
1: 609-4301. See or, she,
2: see what happens when you don't show up? You forget <laughs> I, when you when you're being brought into be- the conversation. <laughs> so once again, reach out to us 215
1: 609 4301. she getting it back, you Or You can text us at 215 435 4099. I will not take this badge Bef- all
2: day. Before all we night. go into <laughs> that scenario, what I want to do, ladies and gentlemen, Vince is here for a reason. Vince was gracious enough to agree to come on the show, and unfortunately for him, I bet he thought he was coming on to some legal, legal wither, wither, thither show. And that's not what we do here. That's I mean, okay, I can't do that. I'm not a lawyer, but he <laughs> talk like a lawyer, and he dressed like a lawyer too. Y'all, he's got a. No, uh, oh, I Shot. thought he had a three-piece suit, on him, but he looks really, really nice. He's a short white guy, but he looks really nice. <laughs> so Vince, Vince is here for a reason. One, he was um, gracious enough to come and join us on this little conversation that we're having this dialogue that we're having and two Vince himself has some experience as it relates to um our topic tonight sex offenses so Vince I'm going to ask you to give the listeners a little generic background about how this whole topic of sex offenses impacts you if at all
5: it affects me and I per- was
2: being nice when I said that that's okay okay
5: it affects me personally because 20 years ago 20 years ago almost to the day I was arrested for misdemeanor indecent assault
2: um what was the nature of the allegation
5: the allegation was that i had um, sexual contact with a teenager okay
2: and ladies and gentlemen for purposes uh, for our purposes and purposes under law sexual contact could be mean could mean touching the genitalia of that mm-hmm. teenager having that teenager touch your genitalia mm-hmm. touching the breast somewhere that has no other purpose but sexual That's uh, right. motivation mm-hmm. sorry That's about
5: right. that go ahead I was convicted on more than one count. Did you go
2: to trial, or was this—this this wasn't the result of a plea?
5: No, this was not the result of a plea. I was only charged with the misdemeanor, and I took the plea to the misdemeanor. Okay. But since there was more than one count, I went from being what would well, I went from what would have been non-registering to a 10-year and now to lifetime.
2: And let me ask you a question. You said you went from being what was a non-registering. Explain that to the listeners. It was a misdemeanor, too, when it occurred. Misdemeanor, second degree. And they did not
5: require registration at the time.
2: Okay. And was it one count that you were convicted of or more than one
5: count? It was more than one count.
2: Okay. And were the sentences ran concurrently or consecutively?
5: In the end, they were run consecutively. Wow. Yes.
2: Wow. What county were you in?
5: Uh, one of the suburban counties. Okay,
2: Clearly it was not Philadelphia County. Because mol- <laughs> and the reason I say that is, for those of you that are familiar with Pennsylvania and the differences in our counties, the biggest thing you always hear me say if you're a regular listener of the show, in Philadelphia County we do things a lot differently. And it's only because the nature and the volume of the cases that go through our criminal system and the nature and the volume of the work that the Philadelphia Police Department has to do. Unfortunately and fortunately, fortunately for the folks that live in the suburban counties... Fortunately, for the police officers that work in the suburban counties, unfortunately for those lucky, unlucky schmucks who go out there, they don't have as much work, so they sit around and figure out ways how to screw you. <laughs> and their sentences out there are ten times harsher than what we have here in Philadelphia County. I'm not going to say whether I think that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I tell you this, if you're inclined toward criminality and you live in our five-county area, keep your button, Philly, hear me? All right, Bruce, uh, I mean, um, Vince. Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about living with Megan's Law, branded for life. We're here in the studio with our family, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet, simply the Ph.D. candidate producer. Vince, our special guest, and he's going to give us a little bit more about his story. And some late naysayer, latecomer, showing up whenever the hell he feel like coming up, is my brother Kay. What's up, Kay? Say hi to you, ladies and
6: gentlemen in the audience. Hello, how y'all doing? This is Kenyatta.
2: All right, he's gonna act like he's scared. Get your butt up no. here to the mic. So Kenyatta to bring you up to speed, I've already used your your situation as an example of the uh I threw I threw up some examples out to the listeners with respect to situations that you would not normally think triggered Megan's Law. Yes. And I told them a little bit about your scenario and I'll let you tell a little bit more about it once I um turn back to you. So Vince, thank you for your patience, darling. So we were talking about a suburban county. You went to trial, you were convicted of more than one count of the same type of charge, which was a in misdemeanor indecent assault. Is that right? That's right. And let me ask you this question. Back when you were convicted, your sentence would have ended three years later, four years later, how many years
5: later? Well, the way they ran the sentences, they turned it into four to ten years. God Almighty. Uh, my lawyer even said, he said, you should have crossed City Avenue and done this in Philadelphia. You'd be on probation.
2: <laughs> so I'm going to be nosy, in, 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 but I'll keep it clean. Did you actually go upstate? Yes. For five years? All ten. Wow, no parole?
5: They don't parole sex offenders in Pennsylvania very wow.
2: often. Wow. You did ten years? For a misdemeanor. For a misdemeanor. Wow, Merciful heaven. Were you given a probation Tell No. Your probation ended. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not know, SORNA, that federal st- um, statute that I was telling you about, that adds, changes, and bastardizes the requirement for registration and notification of folks convicted of sex offenders offenses, Excuse me, turned otherwise unregisterable offenses into registerable offenses from 1525 to life. And I don't mean 15 days, 15 months. I mean 15 years, 25 years in life. For you, why is yours a lifetime registration? Because the, the age?
5: No, two, two counts. Wh- the minute you have no. any two tier one offenses, you N- become a tier two Wow, and offender. you
2: know what's interesting? Under the, and, and ladies and gentlemen, forgive me. I'm about to go to my lawyer hat. If you get bored, go get a cigarette and come right back. Under the sentencing scheme... If, if a, if a, a prosecutor is looking at my client's prior record score and he has more than one felony that he was convicted of under one transcript, he can only count that as one and use the highest offense gravity score. Mm-hmm. However, and I'm glad you told me that, under the sex offender registration schemes, because these are not considered punishments, and I'm going to say it again, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm telling you what the law says. Registration of sex offenders is considered collateral. What does that mean? It impacts whether or not you can appeal, how you can appeal. And we'll talk about that in subsequent subsequent shows. But because an individual has more than one conviction for a registrable offense, it changes your tier location. And right now, because I'm so excited and so out there, I'm going to have Vince do a really quick explanation to you of what the tiers mean. Vince, don't be a lawyer. Be be what you are. He first started talking, like, okay, we don't do that. So, ladies and gentlemen, under SORNA and other Megan's Law and, and, and sexual offender categorizations and notifications, the tiers are based on the type of crime that you're convicted of, the factors that are surrounded in that conviction, and what your um, reporting requirements are. And under SORNA, Tier 1, it's Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3.
5: Yes, Tier 1's the lowest.
2: Tier 1 being the lowest, it requires 15 years registration.
5: Fifteen years, once a year.
2: Jesus, Lord. Not just once a year. Every time you move, you got to register with it. And we'll go through all the registration requirements in a minute. I just want you guys to have an idea of what we're talking about. So just so we're clear, the indecent assault as a misdemeanor of the second degree, and I'll go really quickly through the gradations of the crimes again, is in, and correct me if I'm wrong, tier one. Is that correct? That's right. What other sort of sex, what other sort of crimes... With a sexual flavor, are in the lowest tier under the registration notifications.
5: Um, with a sexual flavor, uh, luring a child into a motor vehicle or a structure, um, institutional sexual assault. That and that
2: be- means you're a CO and you mess with a, a, a right. you mess with an inmate. Oh, they need to go up to CF and RCF and lock a lot of people up. Huh? They <laughs> they kind of have sex with the inmates. It's like money, right? <laughs> it also could apply to. Um, teachers having sex with students, if you're a juvenile in a juvenile facility. I don't know how many people out there listening that are not from Pennsylvania. There was a big scandal some years ago in one of our counties, Luzerne County. One judge or particular judges were benefiting from um, having hearings with children, declaring them juvenile delinquents and sending them off to this particular um, juvenile placement and getting money, getting kickbacks from it. And there's still some more stuff that's coming as a result of that. All right. What other tier one um, crimes with sexual flavors are out there in Um, in the Sorna?
5: Either state or federal simple possession of child pornography. Jesus Lord. Um, Wow. Corrupting the morals of a minor. Which
2: which normally was was not a Megan's Law crime. Corrupting the morals of a minor, ladies and gentlemen, if a 15 year old is sitting, with, sitting here right now in this studio and I go off on one of my tangents because there is no FCC and I forget that my 2013 resolution was to clean my mouth up, I could be, for all intents and purposes, under that statute, charged with corrupting the morals of a minor, convicted, and what? Have to re- register for 15 years of sex offense. That's
3: ludicrous.
5: What else? Give us some more.
3: Uh, I'm sorry, you said corrupting the morals of a minor because you cursed? There
2: are if
5: if there the, are non-sexual there, uh, categories for corrupting the morals of a minor.
2: Thankfully, endangering the welfare of a child has not yet made its way on that list, right. but that's coming. Probably What's so. What's um, next?
5: They're probably all the ones that are somewhat sexual. There's some non-sexual ones like interfering with the custody of a minor. That is ludicrous, ladies or, and gentlemen. Um, unlawful restraint of a minor, false imprisonment by a minor. So, Sharon
2: Q, baby, if you out there for y'all that, that don't know, Miss Q was our in-house photographer when. Um, Yvette Kamimura took a hiatus, and Q was of that old school that it was okay to give your child a bag, send her across the street if she don't listen, and kick her out of your house. Amen. And she was all, she probably is also of the same mindset, that your child don't want to listen. You can kind of tie them in the room, lock the door, and leave them there until they do what they got to do.
3: Well, I don't know about all that. Now.
2: Well, this is the same bitch that gave her daughter a box. <laughs> if you want to hear that show, ladies and gentlemen... Go to the website, www.deborainlaw.com. gave her a box. Gave her a box with her clothes in it. And told her don't cross the street. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Click on the episode that says, baby boy, where you at? Or you can go to for dot pod-ma- dot com. Forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. I've been having a, 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 a migraine headache from hell. And I'm trying not to let my um, angst and my... <laughs> get to me. So bear with me. The reason I had Vince tell us what these um, tier one sex offenses are, it's really, 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 really important for you to have an idea of what your loved ones, you yourself perhaps, or people that you know are facing or can potentially face. I'm going to say this to you like I always tell you. I'm going to keep it real with you. If you currently have an open case and you're charged with any of the crimes that you hear us talk about tonight, or a crime you're not sure whether or not it has a sexual flavor or could be said to be a sex offender, please do not, do not enter into any plea negotiations, open or otherwise, unless your attorney explains to you completely and fully your registration requirements. There are a whole bunch of folk out there who enter into negotiated pleas with some of those charges that they thought were non-sex offense related and did not and would not trigger Megan's Law that woke up on December 19th, got a subpoena from Philadelphia Court of Common Pleas to come down there on December 20th and go to courtroom 1101, strike that, 1101, and register as a sex offender. And all of them are looking around, trying to find their lawyers, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. It was and is a nightmare. There are some states who thankfully did not adopt the federal requirements, and they have reasons for having done so. And I think I read somewhere there's like four or five of them where suits have been brought alleging that SORNA and um, legislation like it are violative of those states' constitution. That's and right. if, if you if you take a look at the, the spirit and the letter of the Pennsylvania constitution, the same argument can be made. But Pennsylvania, like the feds, have said these sorts of statutes, this sort of legislation is a collateral consequence. It's not a direct impact on your constitutionally derived rights, so we're not going to um, rule these things per se as unconstitutional. It's going to be interesting to see how this SORNA is going to impact negotiated pleas. What does that mean? Your Your attorney and the district attorney, me, for example, with my 16-year-old client, the plea that we entered into was negotiated. That's a contract. It was a contract between myself and the district attorney on behalf of my client. My client would plead guilty, to give up his right to a trial. In exchange, the Commonwealth would agree to, for us to plead to certain charges for certain terms. Two years probation on one charge, one year probation on a second charge. Nowhere in our contract was Megan's Law mentioned. Nowhere in our contract. Was there any mention of registering as a sex offender? So I need to find someone like the ACLU or other bigger organizations who'd be interested in attacking these from a contract point of view. Violation or interfering with my right to contract. Will that work? I don't know, but it's an interesting argument. Sorry, guys, I went off on a constitutional tangent. And if you didn't understand what I was saying, that was my evil twin. We're going to take a really quick break so I can drink some water. We'll be right back.
4: sex in the third degree, uh, you're getting served while serving me, uh, dirty words encourage me to rock steady and stir the lead on you turn turning me, no it back, the further we go.
2: Back to for the people, law and plain language. It's me, Deb Randy, your host, the compassionate lawyer. Tonight we're talking about living with Megan's Law, branded for life. What, 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 what? what it was my intention and my hope to do is to give you sort of a a little bit of tidbits and ideas and, and, and bites of information as it relates to Megan's Law. Hit a little bit on this Sorna, and then talk. Make make this conversation surround around that. Which we don't like talking about. When I have a sex offender, strike that. When my clients are are charged with sex offenses, for example, and I have to do a jury trial, the way I open to my jurors all the time, the first thing I say to them out of my mouth is this. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever anyone hears the, the terminology rape, sex assault, unlawful restraint, indecent assault, they wrinkle up their nose, they close their mind, they've already made their mind out because those sorts of those sorts of charges, those ideas disgust us. Let's be real. And what I say to them, I remind them, when you took that oath, you agreed that you would keep an open mind and you wouldn't make up your mind and you would allow me to defend my client and you would force and demand the Commonwealth present their case. Why am I saying that? Those of you out there listening now, when you saw the term and you saw the title, Living with Megan's Law, branded for life. What was your What was your instinct? What did you think? You were like, oh, shit, Chester's on there, some pedophiles. The intention of this show is to show you that's not the case. I'm going to tell you this. Chester the molester, the real Chester, is a really, really small number. The real pedophile, he's already locked up doing 23 to 46 or something, Jerry Sandusky. He's already locked up. Those people who really are the actual pedophiles, child molesters, chested and molested the perverts are a teeny tiny uber small number of our population. But these new laws and these changes in these new laws are affecting tens and thousands of everyday folks who otherwise would not have qualified or become a registered sex offender. And those of you that have a, an opinion, please let me hear from you. Hit me email for the people at deborainlaw.com dot com. Give us a call in the studio, two one five Okay, baby girl, you late Oh, she wrote it on the paper, and I didn't even see it You can text us, 215-435-4099 I asked a question at some point when we first came on Before we took our first break And then I started asking Vince about his um personal journey Through this Megan's Law muckety-muck And the question that I meant to pose And I'm not sure if I really did ask it or not Why do we... Why is there, if there is, a need to care about people who are convicted of sex offenses why do we care why don't we just throw them in jail and throw away the key they're disgusting they're gross why do we care
5: we care nowadays because truth is it's politically expedient it gets people reelected these are the laws that always seem to be around during an election time
2: i agree with that i agree with that but let me let me ask it this way vincent and kenyatta i want you to kick in too You go to trial, a jury of your peers finds you guilty of a sex offense. And let's define what sex offenses are, not right now for the purposes of Megan's Law, but all of us in our minds when we first hear sex offense, we presume and assume it involves some act of sex, right? And some no consent or some act involving sex that someone else didn't agree to and it happens to them. Let's limit that for our, for the purposes of our late conversation right now.
3: Well, I actually have two questions that um, tie into that. So I'll read them both to you because they're both kind of related. One is, what is the legal age of consent in Pennsylvania? Well, and that's a loaded question. The second one <laughs> is, what are the sexual offenses? What? Okay. I'm reading it as it is here, folks. What are the sexual <laughs> She's offenses reading Texas covered under in. Megan's Law? What are the sexual offenses, <laughs> I added the S, covered under Megan's I'm gonna, Law?
2: I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to answer those questions backward. First and foremost, don't be confused. Not only sex offenses are covered by Megan's Law. Vince read a few to us. Interference with the custody of a child or a minor when you're not the parental, the custodial parent, or the non-custodial parent. Um, corrupting the morals of a minor. There's no sexual flavor connotation to that. That's a Megan's Law offense. Megan's Law was initially designed, ladies and gentlemen, for the public to have some sort of a a false sense of security by being notified of individuals who are convicted of crimes involving traditionally what we thought to be sex offenses, what were supposed to indicate that they're dangerous to us and we need to be made um, safe from them. The whole idea was first... Define what these sex offenders are. Talk about those folks who are convicted. Find a registry to keep them on so we can keep track of them. And then notify the public of where they are and what they're doing so they can have this false bullshit sense of security. We did a show, Vince, with a guy who was all into freedom of information. And what was his name? He is the interim president of the Philadelphia Police Advisory Board. That's my boy. He's a good man. His wife is a law school grad, and she is also a social worker. And he's a member of the, he was, I hope he's, I don't know if he still is, G time radio board member. And I
3: suck with names. You know Clarence. I
2: suck with
3: names. <laughs> who? Clarence. No. <laughs> er, wrong answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Baby, if you're listening, we suck. Jim Bear, if you're listening, please help us out. Call us, tell us who Anderson. Who he
3: is. Calvin. Calvin, and Anderson. And
2: Calvin, I suck. You can shoot me in the head right now. Calvin was, we did a show where Calvin talked about um, finding these websites that offer crime statistics and blah, blah, bullshit, bullshit. The right to know and be safe. And we had a whole sort of dialogue about that. And my position was it was nonsense. All it did was give people false hope. And Calvin's idea was, look, people have a right to know. They're going to get it some way. So why not have places for them to get it from? I say all that to say these whole notions of right to know and public public getting information, it, at the end of the day, provides a bullshit sense of security. Ladies and gentlemen, these so-called Megan's Laws impact everyday people more than they do the real offenders who they were designed to protect us from. And Vince is dying to read some stats that he brought with him. I see him looking at his paper. I've got <laughs> to tell you, 10 years in the army, my prayer are really good. Oh. So... Tell the people a little bit, and please back up what I just said so I don't sound like an asshole. Okay. I, the, the numbers that relate to this. Is, are these conglomeration of, of registrants of, of sex offenders making us safer?
5: What's happening is the public has just lost any sense of reality about the dangers or the lack of dangers in their community. And We've, why do you say that? Well, we say that because uh, if, if we pose the hypothetical question and we say... How often do sex offenders reoffend? You get arrested for a sex crime, you go to jail, or you they do have your probation. They have the lowest number of recidivism, but the general public will tell you they all reoffend.
2: But that's because the powers that be tell them that nonsense, that's and they right. eat it up and they swallow it up. So
5: you just keep building on that. You take people who think that everybody's going to reoffend, and you've got to create a registry that everybody can access to stop the next event. The problem is these laws haven't changed the statistics at one all.
2: What they have done and what they're going to continue to do is cover a lot more folks who otherwise have no business on anyone's sex offender registry, public or otherwise. And it's going to get to the point where some senator somewhere, his son, who in college grabbed the girl's butt. And because he paid this high-priced lawyer, he pled guilty to what he thought was a non-sex offense. And he's going to wake up two days from now and have his picture plastered on Pennsylvania Megan's Law website as a sex offender. That's what it's going to take for our legislators to wake the hell up and recognize, oops, we didn't mean for it to be this all-encompassing. Oops, we didn't think all this through. All right, so listen, y'all have heard where I'm going with this. I'm intentionally trying to keep it not so one-sided. Because my background, growing up as a foster kid, having been sexually assaulted over and over again as a foster child, I say there needs to be some accountability for sex offenders. God damn it, yes. However, I'm also saying it's not fair for people like Kay, in my example, with the kidnapping, to spend the rest of his natural life running away from being a registered sex offender. Kid goes in, 21, is involved with a kidnapping, He did his time. He came out. He's enrolled in school, getting his his, uh, bachelor's degree, hopefully going to go on to get his master's degree. Soon to get married is the apple of everyone's eyes, even the employers that he works with. There was no sexual flavor whatsoever to what he did. We can't keep punishing this kid over and over and over again, but he is going to potentially spend the rest of his natural life on someone's bullshit website as a sex offender really i mean come on if it don't make you guys mad out there damn that's where we're at, where we're at now because no one's chiming in and saying anything i'm going to turn this next series over to k and for those of y'all who don't know he, he 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 said my name's kenyatta the scenario i gave you about the kidnapping was a bastardization of, of the situation that kenyatta found himself in and i have to say he is probably One of the most interesting young men I've ever met, either as a client or as what I call him now, my friend. And the fact that he may be in that position to spend the rest of his natural life as a registered sex offender drives me crazy. Because right now, under the state of the law, there is nothing we can do. There is a push by, as Vince said, the Public Defender's Office to attack these new registration requirements through constitutional avenues that it it violates certain rights that were guaranteed under the Constitution. That can take years. In the interim, this young man is going to be impacted because some schmuck is going to go onto some website. Oh, he's a sex offender. I saw his picture. Not even bother to go down the line and read what it says the charges are. Read what it says how long ago it was because the Megan's Law's website aren't going to tell you that was 20-some years ago. The man has been out among us as a returning citizen doing the right thing, going to school, talking to children, working with nonprofits, and trying to change the mindset of these young kids who may find themselves in the same position that he's in. And I don't think that someone like him should be lumped in with a damn Jerry Sandusky. He should not be lumped in with someone... And no offense to you, Vince, who was convicted of a serious sexual offense. What do I mean by a serious sexual offense? Some of the um, sexual offenses that Vince was reading to us off the tier one, the lowest range of the registrable offenses were indecent assault, corrupting the morals of a minor, um, indecent exposure, exposing yourself out in the public. You know those drunks that go turn around, piss in the alley, turn around and their penises exposed because they don't see you standing there looking at them, things like that. You have the indecent assaults, the aggravated indecent assaults, the sexual assaults. You have the involuntary, deviant sexual intercourse that relates to all other attempts at sexual contact, excluding penetration. Those folks who are convicted after a trial by a jury of their peers or by a negotiated guilty peer, convicted in any way, are in a different category in my estimation than someone like Kenyatta based on his fact pattern, Renee, resident prosecutor, do you agree or disagree? <laughs> she wasn't listening to me at all, cause she has that blank look on her face. Uh, I am running the
3: boards. <laughs> you were what? I'm running the boards. That's a cop out. I'm sorry. What did you Ms. say? Miss Black, give what me do the you short think? answer. Give me the short <laughs> question, because it sounded like you were talking for about twenty <laughs> minutes there.
2: Well, well, she
1: said, "Is it, is it fair?" For someone like a Jerry Sandusky to be grouped in the same category with someone who is registered under Megan's Law but had a non-sexual related offense, it, I agree. It's definitely not fair at all, and unfortunately, it's something that you gotta live with. It's it's like a label or a new name that society gives you, and and people think that it doesn't affect people, but it does. It affects you. I mean, at the end of the day, I. After everything is said and done, I'm still registered on Megan's Law for an offense that was non-sexual, and that's messing with people's livelihood. And it's
2: not just that. I'm not only registered on there, it's available for every schmo to see, as is my picture. So much so, ladies and gentlemen, anyone who's a registered sex offender... Every time you move, you have 48 hours within which to go to your nearest Pennsylvania State Police barracks and give them your new address. Every time you change schools, you have 48 hours within which to go to the nearest State Police barracks and give them your address. If you decide to travel to another state, you have to notify the State Police barracks where you live at and in the state where you, where you intend to travel. You also have... An anniversary month that every year you must go in person, get a new picture, and register with the state police. What the hell is that?
1: That's prevention. What from is moving that? Moving on with your life. How it, can you move on?
2: You can't, and it's designed for you not to move on. So what does that say? That says that these folks are going to keep, who are going to keep on being impacted by this may go back out and reoffend. Am I right?
5: Well, I don't know if they're going to re-offend sexually. But there's a whole bunch living under a bridge in Florida. Oh. <laughs> well,
3: but no, so I heard your question. Um, I don't think it should be under the same um, category at all. And I have to be honest, I've not been listening to the whole show. Really? <laughs> really? I, I would never that. me
2: surprised. It's new. Really? It's something
3: new for this week. Um, um, but, I, no, I was really surprised to hear all of the different offenses that fall under Megan's law was totally not aware of that. Um, I do think that with what I did here and probably most of it, I did not, but from my understanding of Megan's Law and from what I've learned tonight, I think that there are some people that belong on that list.
2: I agree with you. I agree with but
3: you. But all of these other categories that are just kind of thrown in there, that's kind of crazy.
2: Well, I don't. I don't disagree with the need to have Some way of tracking the folks who we have labeled and declared through their own conduct, the record of their conviction, something to be dangerous predators to us sexually. A man who's convicted of indecent assault because he had a sexual relationship with a teenager does not need to be on a Megan's Law registry with his face plastered up there because of something that happened 20 years ago, served this 10 years, now is out, living among us, paying taxes, never was arrested before that date, will never again be arrested, but for the rest of his life, his life has changed. We're not saying a person, guys, who forced a teenager down, forcefully raped her. That's not the scenario. We're talking about a person who had sex with someone under the legal age of consent. Someone asked the question, what's the legal age of consent? It depends. The legal age in Pennsylvania to say... Register to vote to join the military federally is 18 years old. The legal age to buy alcohol and to buy tobacco in Pennsylvania is 21. However, if you're 16 and the court has declared you as emancipated, you can also be said to have attained the legal age. Most of the statutes in Pennsylvania that relate to sexual offenses, they say this, under the age of 18 or in some instances 16 and, o- and under or 13 and under or at least 16 the person who's charged with the crime is four years or more older than you. So there's a a number of ways I can respond to the legal age of consent question, but the bottom line is 21, 18, and in some instances 16. Okay. So Vince and K, really quickly because we're running out of time and I wandered off topic a lot. We're gonna come back and and do four or five more of these. To make sure that the information as it relates to Megan's Law, of SORNA, gets out there. As you guys have seen the last couple shows, it's been my habit now to go on to to the For the People Facebook page. I'll put links on there for you. There's a wonderful link that I found tonight for the Pennsylvania and what Pennsylvania has done to come into compliance with SORNA in order to get the federal money.
5: Bastards. And I'll put that link on the Facebook page. Money that hasn't been... Handed out by Congress yet, and, and we're six and years into the law. Be, and Congress course. hasn't issued a cent right. yet. And
2: when it does, what, where do you think it's going to go? It's going to go into the turnpike, which is which is ever being fixed for the past twenty five years. <laughs> it's going to go into fixing bridges and horse trails in Bucks County. It's going to go into beautifying the banks in Delaware County and Montgomery County, and not a dime of it's going to go into, say, providing education and providing some non-restrictive prisons to rehabilitate folks who are convicted of sex offenses, but I digress. Kenyatta, really, really quickly, tell, ladies and gentlemen of the the, um, listening audience, how old were you when you first got caught up in that kidnapping scheme how old were you when when you went to prison? What did you do while you were in prison? And how long were you in prison? And then you speak right into the mic. Right. Get, pretend like that mic is Benita. Hi, Benita. I know you're listening.
6: All right. I was um I was 20 years old. I was 20 years old when I um committed my crime. You know, and um was
2: I right to say that the main charge you were convicted of was kidnapping?
6: Yes. I was I was convicted of five counts of kidnapping and um three counts of robbery. And that was it. No no type of sexually all this all this stem from after I made parole at the thirteen and a half years straight in the penitentiary. I went to go see my parole agent when it was time when it was time to get released. She um told me to sign some papers so I looked like, What type of paper you talking about? And she said something about the Megan's Law. So red flag when I'm like, Megan's Law for what? So um she said, Well, being as was a kid at the scene of the crime and then, you know, after doing thirteen and a half years straight in the penitentiary out of your life, you know, you'll give up a lady to come home. So I, you know reluctantly signed the paper, came home, I um, talked to my parole agent. Another
2: one of those situations, ladies and gentlemen, you hear me harp about all the time, don't sign nothing without knowing what the contents of it are. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the documents that Mr. Kenyatta signed ultimately ended up having him getting charged again for failing to register. Keep going, yeah. brother.
6: So um, so after I signed the paper, I asked my parole agent when I first came out to the halfway house, which is Kintop, I asked her does she see anything in my file in reference to that, cause I was never convicted of that. When never he's saying no, reference never to that, no crime. I never he's talking no about no Megan's programs, Law. Programs no nothing. Yeah, Megan's Law. And then, um, so once I got released to so the next parole agent, she said, um, I asked her the same question. I said, when I left the penitentiary. They said I had to register for Megan's Law. So I said, do you see anything in your file? She says, no. Now there's two agents that said no. So now, you know, I get a call from my sister, 7 o'clock one morning. They tell me they're kicking my dad's door and looking for me because I didn't register. But I had two prior parole agents tell me that I didn't have to register. So I goes back down CFCF, sit for three and a half months. And, and by
2: CFCF, ladies and gentlemen, he's talking about the Philadelphia County, Main Prison, Crumhole,
6: Froho, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I comes back out now. They come up with a sauna um thing that Tom Corbin um everybody signed. It went back in. The, it went in effect December the twentieth. So now here it is. You have a brother right here that was never convicted of a um sexual offense. Never touched no one. Never followed no one. Never winked the eye. Nothing of that. And um now I got to register for the rest of my life, like a, a tier three for kidnapping. Now I'm in a category with 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 the worst of the worst. The category,
2: in what he's referring to is what Vince told us. There's Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3 under the SORNA, the Sexual Offender Registration Notification Act, and those similar state um, statutes. That, and these all relate to how long you have to register, whether it's 15, 25, or lifetime. At the time that Kenyatta was convicted of his crime of kidnapping, because there were two victims under the age of 18, I think they were under the age of 12, right?
6: That was there when I got to the same.
2: Megan's Law had been in effect. The registration requirements, however, were based solely on the age of the kids, and it would have been a 10-year registration requirement. But because of all these changes that came down with respect to Sornet, it now ratchets Kenyatta up into an outrageous Tier 3, where it's no longer just 10 years registration. He's going to have to register, have his place face plastered on the sex offender website for the rest of his life with the likes of Jerry Sandusky and those other true predators. Now, I know some of you out there in the audience are thinking, look, he did what he did. He has to accept and suffer the consequences, which he did. He spent 13 years in state prison and is going to be on state parole for the next eight years in a probation tail after that.
6: And enough, and and
2: having thus, what having had yeah. spent twenty-two years of his life yeah. paying for what he did when he was twenty years and old. Now being charged again. At what point is his debt paid? Yeah. We did a show a couple um, episodes ago, and this is the one I don't know what the um, episode number was, but that was titled "Paid in Full." When do we get? When is enough enough, and when is a returning citizen? given an opportunity to reins, reinsert him or herself back into our society and is forgiven for his or her transgressions. With these Megan's Law and these registration requirements and these websites, never, never. All right, Vince, really, really quickly, can you tell us that we, we did the Tier 1, give us a quick down and dirty of the Tier 2 and the Tier 3 and what the registration requirement um, are, the amount of years that the registration is.
5: Well, Tier 2 would be the middle level of the offenses, so... Um it's um indecent assault where it's a misdemeanor of the first degree. So that usually involves more than just something between two adults. Uh, promoting the prostitution of a minor. A minor. Minor under the statute being under uh, the 18, age of 18. in that case, yeah. Um, unlawful contact with a minor. Very slippery slope Which, in this well, generation. Whoa,
2: my lord. And essentially, when it comes to criminal charges, I'm going to go really, really fast. Yeah. The unlawful contact with a minor takes on, for not wanting to use legal terminology, the same gradation or the same seriousness as the most serious crime you're charged with. Okay, keep going.
5: Yeah, Um, and other uh, uh, pornographic uh, offenses involving children would get in there, too. And there's a list of federal crimes, but they're kind of the same. Right. And then Tier 3, which is where we normally think of, we think of sex offenses. Um, That's rape. That's uh, statutory sexual assault where the the victim is under the age of 16 and you're like 10 years older than the victim. Um, It's involuntary deviant sexual intercourse. It's um, institutional sexual assault of a minor. Aggravated indecent assault. Aggravated indecent assault. Indecent assault of a child under the age of 12.
2: And now we know it's also kidnapping.
5: And uh, kidnapping of a minor. Wow. So those are the three tiers and... That's how they do it. But remember, this is all based on the offense. The characteristics of the offender don't come into play. Which
2: is pretty ludicrous. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you to do this for me. We're about to run out of time. We are going, I promise you, hopefully Vince will come back, Kenyatta will come back, and we're going to continue this series of of um, shows until we get all the information out to you that I think you need to do. But I want all of you to make me this solemn promise tonight. When, you, when the show goes off, put into your browser your state and put in Megan's Law. When you go to that link that comes up, click on it. Look at the people's faces who appear on that website. Get interested. Click on their crimes. See how many of them are on there for what we know to be non-sex offenses. Unfortunately, you're not going to find information on that Megan's Law website like Kenyatta told you. He's now enrolled in a bachelor's degree program. Hopefully, he's going to enroll in a master's degree program. He goes out and spends his time talking to kids. Our other in-studio guest, Vince, is not going to tell you on that website that he dresses better than most lawyers I've been around. His knowledge is just as good, if not better, than most lawyers I've been around. He's done his time. What he's trying to do now is assimilate back into us and let us all know that he's no longer that person that was convicted 10 years ago. He's not the sort of person that you're going to expect that should be on this Megan's Law website. How many other people's pictures on there aren't that person who should be up there? Every time you talk to your neighbors, your buddy, your friend down the street, and you whisper bullshit about a predator, a sex offender, click on that link to that person and see how much information you're really being told. You're being snowed, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for you to wake up and figure out if what they're telling you is real. Because I'm here to tell you, of those folks you're going to see on those websites, the ones that really need to be there might be 10% of all those hundreds of names. Hundreds of people's lives are ruined because of these laws that are, have, been, have been taken out of proportion and just made to be outrageous. You've been listening to For the People, Law and playing Language with me, Deb Rainey, the Compassionate Lawyer with Black. Oh, my God. He just wrote down 10,000-plus Vince just wrote down on a little cue card because, you know, in I don't know how to not say somebody wrote something on the cue card. I'm still learning that. 10,000-plus <laughs> people right. on the Megan's Law website in, in the state of Pennsylvania alone, alone, I'm telling you. And the Pennsylvania Megan's Law website, if I'm not mistaken, is regulated by the Pennsylvania State Police and folks with the state police. And you can find that website. Thank you, Vince. i got to put my old lady glasses on. Forgive me. At w There is no hyphen, there's no apostrophe in Megan's. So I'll say it again. W There is information on that website and if you really care like i know you do because you wouldn't be listening to this show it's going to anger you too make me that promise you're going to click on somebody's picture try to get a little bit more in depth a little deeper into why their pictures on that website and you will be shocked i'm telling you vince i want to thank you for coming on the show tonight Pleasure. i want to invite you to come back be happy and keep me. coming back Kenyatta, you know you're welcome to come wherever I'm at, even though sometimes I get mad at your ass, but you're welcome to come back. Yes, back for sure. Renee wrote down on her little card final words. Oh,
3: my goodness. <laughs>
2: the reason I said that is normally y'all know at this time I get all mushy and say, can't we all just get along and shit like that. I'm going to open the door for Kenyatta to say a few words, summarize your, wh- what you're feeling about the position that you're in, and I'm going to look to Vince to do the same thing. The producer said you only got two minutes left, so you each got a minute. Go, Vince.
5: I would like to say that um, as a, uh, with more than 10,000 people on the registry today, and it will only get bigger and not smaller, this is a problem that the citizens of Pennsylvania have to learn more about. You cannot just sit there and be comfortable and say, we belong there. Most of the people on this list do not. And you wouldn't even know it until you looked at the list and you said, holy cow, that's the guy down the block, and he's a real nice guy. And that's what you're going to find out, is that in your community, the people that are on that registry are the people you would never think twice about. This registry makes you think twice about everyone. It's a false sense of security. You really don't know who the culprits are because the law lumps everybody into the same category. And until we change the law into something which tailors our attention down to the very few people that need this attention, the law doesn't really help anybody.
6: Kenyatta? Yeah, I was just a young brother, you know, coming up. I was just a young brother coming up, you know, just trying to take some money and got caught up for the rest of my life. Now, I learned my lesson when I went to the penitentiary and um, came home enrolled in school. I got two full-time jobs. I'm doing everything, X3 player. And it's like it's like now, I'm just this here is like the assassination of a um, black male's character right here. Best book written by um, Earl Hutchinson when it comes to this situation. And um, I just... People need to understand what's going on because with the, I didn't do nothing, you know. Like I, I paid my crime. I paid for my crime. You know, I, I stand up, admit to what I did. That was that. Now it's like here, here come with the double jeopardy, and it's like I'm being for the rest of my life. Is just like now I got I gotta suffer for, you know, something they got me in the category. I just I do not belong, and everybody that understand it, no, I don't belong there. I, I did my time for what I did.
2: Kenyatta, Vince, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Kenyatta, thank you for being brave and sharing with us your story. Vince, for thank you for sharing with us your knowledge, your story, and you're coming back. You don't got a choice. You're welcome to come back whenever you want to. Ladies and gentlemen, G Town Radio is still in the is in the last uh, months of its fundraiser. As I said, if you're a regular listener to our show, go to the www.gtownradio um, website. Click on the donate now. You can give a dollar. You can give five dollars. Whatever you feel you want to give. If you enjoy our show and other shows like ours, help us to stay awake, stay alive, stay on the air. Remember this is a non profit radio and if you were to come to see our studio you wouldn't have any questions about that. It really <laughs> is non profit. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of wonderful shows on um, g-town radio following our show from nine thirty to 10 30 is lounging radio it's a live funky social show you got to check it out stay on check them out every wednesday night from 10 to 12 gotta get over the hump dj easy e with the host k gerard bates gotta get over the hump every wednesday night from 10 to midnight lounging radio from 9 30 to 10 to 11 i think but stay around. Check them out. I think you're going to have fun. Ladies and gentlemen, please check out that Megan's Law website. As you know, the reason I do this show and others like me, so that you can be well informed, know your rights, and know your responsibilities. It is our responsibility to tell our lawmakers when enough is enough, and, goddamn it, I think enough is enough. Say bye, fam. Good
5: night. Good night.
3: Okay, Miss Deborah sometimes signs off when it's not quite time to turn off and she's having a conversation with the mics on. <laughs> oh, it's not time to go. You wrote down good night. I said good night. Okay, Black well, didn't do her piece yet. Oh, shoot. It's not your y'all first need time. to under,
2: this, Y'all forgive me. I'm a riled up. This got me so riled up. It this really is not your first
3: time at the rodeo. It is tonight. I see it, that.
2: Yeah. Sorry, y'all. I got off the horse and fell and bumped my head. Okay. So, Miss Black is going to do... Black, I'm so sorry. And y'all I'm know y'all, people listen for your piece. Go ahead, baby. I
1: know you trying to blame me because I wasn't here. No, I'm not
2: trying to blame you. I'm blaming you. Ain't
1: no trying I know to do it, it. Ain't but no trying cool to, to it. I got you. It's cool. All right.
2: And she's got her new um, laptop, y'all. So she's all yeah. with it. Go ahead, girl.
1: My name is Black the Broke Poet. Not none of these invented labels that society tries to staple to my frontal lobe to make it easier for them to define me. My name is not thug, gangster, adolescent, or minority. My name is Black, the broke poet. And my poetry is broken, just like my image in which they think is tainted because I've made the same mistakes they did in closed closets, yet mines were painted across billboards and added to the standards of statistics. And the knowledge of this I will forever have to live with, but that is not what you are to call me when you see me nine two one four three four is how I was identified and I had no choice but to comply but inside I sat in thunderous silence who gave them the right to change my name Convicted, convicted felon the ex offender the returning citizen all last names I never agreed to this is simply their need for me to always be known as a problem the debt is never paid like a rusty dollar in the tattered and torn wallet they say live, learn, move on try and strive, but I'm forced to remember every time I apply for a job. I am not Toby, I am Kunta Kende, and I will stand tall, Mutumbo Dukembe. This shit been going on since the beginning of the time. No matter what they say or how they view, no matter if they never forget all the shit that you do, your name is your name. Your name is what you answer to. My name is Black, the Broke Poet.
2: Wow. So after having heard that, I dare you to go out there and watch that Jingle Unchained nonsense. Because oh I'm God. about Get to go off started. with a rant next time. Now can I say see your producer? You can. For Good sure. night, y'all. Good Sorry. Night. Uh, listen, please check out that Megan Zaw website and send me an email. Let me know your experience.
0: presented on for the people is provided as general legal information the general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on for the people as legal advice no attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.